All right, everyone. Welcome into the Invest Well Show. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Hope you're having a wonderful evening, morning. I don't know. Maybe it's in the middle of the night. Who knows when you're listening to this? But hope you're having a good day and good time. Listen, I'm excited to share some thoughts on this show that I know are going to help you in your life in the world of investing. And the title of the show, or really, we wanted to call the show our tax increases good for the economy? That's the question, you know, and and I think there's a lot of people asking that right now. They've just kind of finished up their corporates and their personal tax returns if they extended. So if you extended your tax returns, it was September 15th and October 15th. And the questions are, are taxes going to go up? Now, I know I've done several podcasts on the issue of taxes and the topic of taxes in the past, but I wanted to cover two things specifically in this show and kind of some thoughts. One is bringing back a clip from Ronald Reagan. We're going to play that in a minute. Really, really good back from 1986. And then another great thought from Warren Buffett. Many of you have heard that name, the Oracle from Omaha, right? So we're going to talk about uh, some of their thoughts. But before we jump into whether or not taxes are good for the economy and what does that mean to you, the investor, you, the citizen of the USA, what does that look like? How does that work and affect you? Before we jump into that, I want to thank uh, all you listeners that have been dialed in with us for some time now, the loyal listeners. Thanks for dialing in each and every week. And I know many of you also have listened to The Michael Wall Show. It's just another show that I have. It's motivational and encouraging, uplifting. That's a podcast you're welcome to check out. And as always, we got to thank the companies that have provided the revenue, resources, and things necessary to sponsor the show, which is Wall Private Wealth. U.S. Private Wealth and Wall Lehman, all companies designed to help families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. By the way, if you're noticing here a little bit, I got a little bit of a voice thing. I'm not sure what's happened. I had some things and my voice is a little bit gone. Maybe it's because I have four kids and we're yelling, throwing footballs and at the beach and trying to, (laughs) hey, come over here, you know, that kind of thing. So that could be part of it. So bear with me on this show. But uh, by the way, if you want to learn more about those companies, great way to learn about those companies are by going to leanonthewall.com. And I share that because I think it's important for you to understand as you listen to this show, there's a lot of folks out there that have shared comment. There's a lot of people sharing a lot of financial comment about a variety of different things. But, you know, we've had the blessing and the opportunity really of being specifically in the financial industry in a variety of different capacities and helping families in a variety of different areas in the country from the capacity of protecting, growing, and reducing taxes on their wealth. And I I say that because I think it's important that when I bring these thoughts and ideas to you each and every week, they're coming from, you know, almost 20 years of essentially working in the industry. Many of you know I've been on national media for about six years and shared thoughts and comments in different capacities as well. So we've had the opportunity to share this insight in such a way that we've seen it play out day in and day out in the families that we work with perspectives. And that's where the sponsorship, obviously, the show comes from. Uh, You can learn more, again, about those companies by going to leanonthewall.com. But I share that so you understand that there's some background and history here. There's not just thoughts. And we hear that too often. You know, it's like, well, I have a theory about this, or I have a theory about that. And theories are great, but history's better, right? Results are better. And uh, so that's one of the things that we've had experience in. I want to talk about the idea of taxes, though, on this show. And, you know, when you talk about taxes, the question a lot of times, you have different political conversations of, yes, we need to raise taxes. We're okay with that. You know, the rich people are, are need to pay their fair share. All of these words that you've heard kind of integrate our culture and penetrate our culture in a lot of different ways over the years in relation to taxes and the lens of taxes. What does that look like, whether they're good or bad? And, 
you know, it's, it's interesting. I remember I was talking with a gentleman that was younger one time and he was in college and he was very much in favor of a governmental program that would allow college students when they leave college, the government paying for their college bill, in other words, paying their college off. He was very much in favor of that. And it was also in favor of the government providing resources to purchase their first car. He thought, in my opinion, it just makes a lot of sense. And it gives you the ability to not only have your college paid for and you have your first car and you can go and do your thing. And I asked this gentleman, I won't, I won't reveal his name, but I asked him, I said, where do you think the government's going to get the money to pay for that? And he said, well, obviously from increasing taxes. And I said, do you think that's a good idea? And he said, yeah, I think it is. I think it'd be beneficial for the economy long term. I think it'd be a good thing. And he said, I think people would be happy to, to pay for that, a little extra taxes, because they know it'd be good for the economy long term. And I said, okay, well, do you have done the math around how much that's going to cost, additional taxes and all of these types of things? And of course, he hadn't. But what's interesting is several years later, we had a conversation about taxes. Now, he was now graduated from college. He was now in the workforce. And in fact, he even had a little bit of an entrepreneurial gene. He was trying to start a business. And I had similar questions about taxes. And his response kind of was like, I'm surprised how much money, how many taxes I have to pay. He's like, my goodness, I'm taxed everywhere. I'm taxed on my cell phone bill. I'm taxed when I get gas at the pump. I'm taxed on my electric bill. I'm, I'm taxed on clothing and even food in certain states when you eat out and, you know, on, on pretty much everything we buy, we're taxed. And then he's like, and then we got income tax, both state and federal. He's like, it's crazy. And I thought, isn't it interesting how the perspective changed? from someone who was in school expecting people to pay for certain things to now you're in the workforce and you're saying, man, I'm paying too much money in taxes. I want to keep more of my money. And it leads me to a quote in a clip really from Ronald Reagan back in 1986. Now, let me set this up for you. It was the week of 1986 that President Ronald Reagan signed a major tax reform bill. And most of you will remember Ronald Reagan and basically, this reform bill lowered the top tax rate. Now, get this. It lowered the top tax rate from 50% to 28%. Now, think about this for a minute. So if you make $100 and you're at the highest tax rate back in 1985, 86, 50% of the monies would go to taxes. So if you made $100, $50 of that 100 would go to the government. Right. And so Reagan passed a major tax reform bill into law that lowered the top income rate from 50 percent down to 28 percent. And here's what he had to say. Now that we've come this far, we cannot we will not allow tax reform to be undone with tax rate hikes. And I'll oppose with all my might any attempt to raise tax rates on the American people. And I hope that all here will join with me to make permanent the historic progress of tax reform. Now, isn't that interesting? This is back in 1986, and this was a big push that he had to make that happen. And it did happen, but unfortunately, it didn't last. Congress later raised the top rate to 37%. So it went up significantly. In fact, that's where it's at as it stands right now in the year 2020. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but in the year 2020, the top federal tax rate is 37%. So when you look at all of these things and you think about this, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, geez, you know, I'm not opposed to more taxes. And some people say, I am opposed to more taxes. And I think the question that we have to ask ourselves when we look at taxes is, 
really the, the answer is how well has the government done with the money that they've received? And I think we can all agree in a lot of capacities, regardless of the side of the aisle that you stand on, that the government has not done a good job in spending the money that they take in taxes. So I think that opens us up to an important conversation. You know, when we help families and we talk to families about their wealth, one of the things that we discuss, and I want to challenge you to be thinking about this with your investments, if you're listening to this in a place where you can take notes, I'm going to challenge you to get a white piece of paper. I'll press pause on the podcast, get a white sheet of paper out, and make some notes here. Because here's some questions that you want to think about if you're not, you know, if you're driving, (laughs) just keep driving. Don't get your white sheet of paper out. You can do it later. But one of the questions you got to ask yourself is, in relation to your investments, is your only focus just growing your money? That's a really important question. Is your only focus just growing your money? In other words, if you invest in stocks or you invest in bonds or ETFs or annuities or CDs or real estate or private equity or whatever you're investing in, is your only purpose just to grow your value? Now, you might say, well, you know, Mike, that's really important to me. Well, of course it's important. That's why you're investing, right? That's what you want to do. That's a given. Nobody wants to invest money and and decrease their value. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So obviously you want to increase your value. But the question is, is the only focus just to grow it? Because if that's the only focus, then you're missing out on a big point number two that you want to write down is, what planning am I currently implementing to reduce taxes on my current investment value and my future investment value. So point number two, what are you doing to reduce taxes on your current investment value and your future investment value? And you might say, well, Mike, what can I do to reduce taxes on my future investment value and my current investment value? Well, obviously your current investment value has a lot to do with your your personal situation, right? What your other income is, what your goals are, what your needs are, how much money you're currently giving away, and all of the aspects of the things in your current life. And that can be easily evaluated. We do it a lot of times for folks as we take a look at their investment structure and look for ways to overall improve what they're doing, not just from the really help improve, not just from the investment perspective, but also in the tax you know, reduction perspective. But then when you look at the future, you know, the question has to be, especially if you have IRA accounts or 401k accounts, You know, we got to know, and we've talked about this on the show in times past, that those investments or those accounts or those types of retirement, if you will, accounts are accounts that are taxed at your highest tax bracket. In other words, there will be nothing taxed higher than your IRA or qualified type accounts. And the reason is because they are taxed at ordinary income rates. Now, I think this is so important because when a lot of families come and they come to our firms, as an example, and they want a second opinion on their wealth, they're asking questions like, well, what makes you different? And I think when you look at your investments directly, you have to ask yourself the question, what are you doing differently? What proactive strategies are you taking and what lane are you playing in? There's a, there was a little quote from Warren Buffett that I thought was interesting. And, and he was talking about the idea of blind spots, limitations, and really understanding what you know and what you don't know. I want to play that for you right now. There's a whole bunch of things I don't know a thing about. I just stay away from those. So I stay within what I call my circle of competence. You know, Tom Watson said it best. He said, you know, he said, he said, I'm no genius, but I'm smart in spots and I stay around those spots. 
And I love that. Smart in spots, and I stay around those spots, right? Tom Watson said that. And I think what Warren is kind of pushing to is staying in his own lane. And, and we see this a lot, you know, if you're a self-investor or kind of do-it-yourself investor, or maybe you even have an advisor, and that's fine. I don't know what your situation is, but a lot of times you can be in a place where you continue to do the same things or you do things maybe along the same lane that you've done because that's just what you're familiar with, right? That's what you're that's what you're used to. And so when you look at investing, I think it's important to stay in a particular lane. Now, this is important for you, the investor, as you're evaluating who is helping you with your investments. So let me just say, you might be a self-investor, maybe because you love to do it, or maybe because you just don't trust the financial industry. And I completely understand both kind of sentiments there. But if you're in a place where someone is helping you with your investments, or maybe you're even in a place where you you are doing them on your own, but you'd like to have someone help you, I think a question that you got to ask is, what lane of competence is the person that you're working with, the firm that you're working with, what is their lane of competence? For example, you know, there's a lot of firms that will work with people of all spectrums, people that are young and people that are old. And to that, I say, I think it's wonderful that they have the heart of service, but I question the ability to be very specific in nature and really be able to help the families that they're serving with specific competence to the degree that they need. As an example, somebody that's just starting out in investing and they're opening up a Roth IRA and they want to put a couple thousand dollars a year into that Roth and they're younger and they have many years ahead of them. Well, what's necessary to help them and what they are doing or looking to do is very different than someone who's in their 50s or 60s or even older or even 40s, depending on where they are that have millions of dollars or more to invest, and they have a much more complex situation, and the need is much greater. So I think that's really important when you're going down the road of of looking for someone to help you with your investments. Don't start with the fact of, yes, well, they become a good friend over the years, or yes, you know, they seem like good people, or yes, you know, I feel like I can trust them. Those are all good things, but what's important to throw into the mix is what is their lane of competency? What is their lane of focus? What are some of the blind spots that they have? Because you cannot be a jack of all trades and a master of all trades. And I love that quote from Buffett when he's talking about the fact that he just focuses on what he knows he's good at. Let me tell you what he didn't say. One of the things that he's mentioned lots over the years and and become really a reality for him is he is completely open to hiring people and working with people that are good at things that he's not good at. Now, when it comes to your investments as an investor, you have to say, okay, is the person or firm or people that we are working with to help me, you specifically with your investments, are they good at, or do they focus on, or do they specialize in exactly what your needs are? Let me give it to you this way. When you were younger, you went to the doctor and you would go to a GP, a general practitioner, right? And you'd walk in and they would evaluate you and get your blood pressure and cholesterol and all of these kinds of things. And they'd say, okay, yeah, everything looks good. You're moving in the right direction. But then as you got older, you're in a situation where you need more specific help. Maybe something happens, God forbid, and you have a you know, a brain tumor, God forbid, in your brain, right? Well, you need a specialist for that. You're not gonna go to the general practitioner to help you with that. You might get referral, 
but you're going to go to a specialist. How about if you have some major situation with your feet? You got a, uh, a major broken bone or an ankle or something really that happens that there's a big need. Well, you're going to go to a podiatrist. You're going to go to a specialist in that particular area. And it's the same way with your investments. You have to be thinking about a specialist in that lane. And this is so important because as we talk about tax increases, whether or not they're good or not for the economy, really we talk about the economy at large, but then we could even come down in a more micro level and talk about your economy personally. And are taxes good for you personally? Well, I can tell you that if you give more away to the government, simple answer here, I'll help you with the challenging ones, right? (laughs) The more money you give to the government, the less money you have to spend personally, the less money you have to invest the less money you have to do the things that you need to do. So the question is, what type of planning do you have around your investments to ensure and make sure and really help you go down the lane of maximizing the amount of money that you keep and minimizing legally the amount of money that you give to the government? And that's really the question that I want to leave you with on this show is what are you currently doing in relation to that? Remember, I talked about the two bullet points kind of in the beginning is number one, obviously, is your focus just to grow money? If it is, that's great. But number two, what type of tax planning have you incorporated or are you incorporating with your investments? It's very important. I met a group of guys uh, actually from another state, doctors. They were down here in the Palm Beach area on vacation. We had some conversation about taxes. And uh, one of the things that was mentioned is some of the strategy that we're currently implementing for our higher net worth families and higher income earners. And one of the things was like, well, I never knew that existed. And of course they do exist. There's things that exist out there that you're just not familiar with. And that's why I always go back to the fact that a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. Now, here we are coming close to the end of the year, and I want to challenge you because there are some tax strategies. If you are a higher income earner or if you are a higher net worth uh, family, right, you're in a place where there's some strategy that you can utilize to reduce your taxes this year in 2020. There are some things that can be done to help reduce those taxes, but they must be implemented. Some of the strategies must be implemented before the end of the year. So you got to be proactive with this. So if you have questions about your personal situation, if you're saying, you know, well, what are some of those strategies or do they apply to me or what is the right thing for my situation? Well, I'm going to challenge you to take a minute and head over to leanonthewall.com. Again, lean on the wall, just as it sounds leanonthewall.com and check out some of the details and the information that's there and then ultimately reach out to our firm. There's a place on the top right where you can go, kind of it says choose an offer. And the very first one that comes up is advanced tax planning strategy. The next one is second opinion on your investments. The third one is Morningstar portfolio analysis. And the fourth one is detailed income plan. So and since we're talking about taxes on this show, if you've got questions in relation to your taxes, click on that advanced strategy, put your information in there. One of the team members will get back to you and we'll have a conversation specifically about your situation to see how much we can help you potentially save in taxes. These are all important things, but remember, you have to be proactive. You can't listen to this and just say, you know, that sounds good. That was intriguing. I wonder if there's anything that I can be doing and then go about your day. There's certain things that must be implemented before the end of the year in order for you to enact strategy to save as much money in taxes as possible in your current situation. It's a big, big deal. As always, our goal is to challenge you to live on purpose, 
so you can live with purpose. If you know someone that needs to hear this show, they need a proactive process and approach, a little jarring in their spirit, if you will, to say, man, there's something more that I can do. Well, go ahead and share it with them. Quick, easy way, whether you're listening to the show on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to it, just share this show to them and just say, hey, it encouraged me. I'd love for you to take a listen. I think you'll find some value. Also, I want to encourage you to take a minute and rate the show. Give us a four or five star rating and give us your feedback on what you loved about the show or what you heard that was encouraging to you or challenged you in relation to your investments. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you all soon. Have a blessed one. Any client experiences discussed during this show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. By contacting us, we'll review aspects for your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of U.S. Private Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please contact his office. Wall Private Wealth Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall, NPN license number 7330. 